Welcome back, Dodecadorks. We're the 12-sided guys. We have Matt as Pine, the Terminator of Tyranny, Soul Swiper, a Mavi Annihilator, Stone Skipper, Candle Keeper, Dead Eagle Dresser, and Homewrecker. Hi. Scott as Roos, Sero Skewer, Nepotistic Noble, Curse Carrier, Fashion Foiblerer, <laughs> Relative <laughs> Restrainer and Rescuer, Frisbee Flinger, and Battle Royale Champion. That's me. <laughs> what I, what? Fashion foiblerer. Foiblerer. Foiblerer, yes. Sabrina as Nari, Gobloid Gouger, Earth Eviscerator, 20 Tumbler, Royal. Mm. Royal Rumbler. <laughs> <laughs> no. Royal Romance Partner, Expletive Enactor, Axe Aficionado, <laughs> and the only character with a positive strength modifier. Be <laughs> <Hey> there. <laughs> Jordan as Richter, Damage Dealer, Water Womper, Suave Sword, Justice Junkie, Spooky Boy Summoner, Resistance Regent, and Slayer of Old Women. <laughs> Good evening. And me, Paul. Thanks for hanging out with us again as we venture <laughs> further into... <laughs> no, but seriously, guys, thank you for hanging out with us again as we venture further into the lair of Iramil, the angel of inevitability. Before we jump into the session, we just want to take a minute to thank you, our loyal listeners, for sticking with us so long as we venture through this world known as Bavantis. We've had so much fun playing and building this world for you, and we're so touched that so many of you love it as well. As we wind up campaign one, don't fret. Campaign two is right around the corner, and we're going to keep bringing you weekly episodes as we share these adventures together. Anyway, if Godly Plate of the Whale makes you smile, then this podcast is for you. It's the Crystal Codex, episode 115. Oh, it really does. It really does. Yes. Dupe that sucker and sell it. <laughs> That's right. Dupe it. <laughs> if you sell it, there's not enough room in your inventory for all the gold you get. Wait, wait. <laughs> I think this episode is going to come out on the week that Diablo 4 comes out. <gasps> oh my goodness. I, I planned that. I totally planned that. <laughs> Speaking of games coming out, though, I um I saw a preview for the new Mortal Kombat, and apparently they're calling it Mortal Kombat 1. <laughs> I saw that, which is like, cool. makes it... Um, yeah right like really really like the xbox one is that uh we can we can jump in now (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh all right well welcome back here deep beneath the bay um outside of the city of almar uh underground in the uh, layer of iramil the angel of inevitability last time we were together nari and the boys with their two allies uh librarian colbury and Master Saman, the um, the acolyte, the high priest of Lord Laramie, the Lord of Swords, ventured into some chambers. The first chamber they came to had fire on one side and water on the other side. Um, and it didn't take long before they realized that this was the chamber where all of the power um, gleaned from Pavantis by the Herald of Fire and the Herald of Water, where all that power was being stored. As they went past this chamber, there was an orb resting on an altar on a dais. And 
Um, Richter finally ended up touching the orb and received a message from Iramil, basically saying, it's pointless to keep going. My heralds will, uh, will get you, but you're stuck down here now so um it's best to just give up that sounds like him my <laughs> heralds are gonna get you <laughs> they're gonna get you they'll get you good oh 100% say what you will I am still a Shania fan then they ventured through the door at the north end of that room into another room that was very similar in size and shape and were immediately attacked um, on the west side by Avalon the Herald of Earth. Actually, they didn't really get attacked by him, but that's more later. He kind of lumbered to life <laughs> and then fell apart. And also Trophos, the Herald of the Air um, in a large pit. Um, and it was a very fierce fight. Avalan was taken out in one round by Nari with her action surge. But Trophos did some serious damage as they did two massive area effect blasts, um, knocking everybody out except for Nari, who then delivered the killing blow and managed to bring back Pine, who brought back Roos, and then Richter and Master Saman, and finally Colbury were all awakened and brought back to life. After a short rest, where hit dice were burned and people got mostly back to, to normal health, we, um, we left after... Uh, Richter and Pine both touched another orb and got another message from Iramil, the Angel of Inevitability, where he explained basically that Pavantis is becoming too erratic, too chaotic. There's too much entropy and it's starting to spill over into other planes. And that is why he is trying to bring about an end to Pavantis, to keep it from spilling out and basically causing disorder throughout all the different planes. And that's where we stopped last time. So here we are in this chamber of Trophos and Avalan. We have Nari and the boys with Saman and Colbury standing by the door on the north side of this chamber, ready to move through to the next room. Man, that uh, Iramil really sucks. I can't wait to see what he's got on the next side of the store. I think it's going to be a Mavi. Sorry, I didn't mean to spoil this for everyone. <laughs> uh, Nari will start opening that door and peek her head in. Don't group up. It's actually filled with raccoons. That's all it is. <laughs> oh it's God. just a room with like hundreds of raccoons. Big ol' fat ones eating eating hot dogs. Little King Trashmouth, <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> as Nari, as you open the door, I will describe the room and I will allow each of you to move your movement uh, before something happens. As the door opens, whereas the previous rooms, um, there was a reservoir on one side of the room and a reservoir on the other side of the room with two channels that came together in the middle that each represented those different elements like fire and water and then earth and air. This room is slightly different. Again, there are these massive pillars holding up the roof, which is 70 feet up in the air. Um, but this room is slightly smaller. And in the center of the room, there is a lower level, a step down, if you will. It looks like it's about 20 feet down. Um, it's basically circular in, um, in shape, but right in the center, um, of these four staircases, one on each of the cardinal points that heads down towards the center of this depression, 
there is this uh, globe, this orb of glowing purple energy with kind of yellow light arcing off of it. Just past that step down area, there is another dais with an altar and an orb similar to the ones you've seen previously that allow communication from Iramil. And on the far wall, there is a door. This door is different than the previous doors. This door is solid gold. It is massive. It is 20 feet tall and 10 feet wide. It's like something from Donald Trump's penthouse. As solid gold doors. (laughs) It's huge. Huge. The best. (laughs) As you all... Never seen anything like it. As you Big all... door, giant door, came to me with tears in its eyes. Sorry, that was Pine saying them. <laughs> <laughs> as you all enter into this room, each of you can make your movement as rising up out of this orb of energy, a Mavi. This bitch. <laughs> this, uh, she is white uh, with kind of red skin, no eyes. She's got long flowing hair. Her her robe kind of hangs down uh, along her back, um, rises up out of the center of this chamber. And after everyone makes their moves, we are going to roll initiative. Hey, while we're moving, can I... Can I activate my flaming S-stock and everything before we fully are in combat? Oh, 100%. Yes, thank you. <laughs> you could just walk around with it on fire if you wanted to. Oh, you're right. I probably could do that. We're doing that then. Roos got a 22. Dari got a 15. Pine got a 23. And uh, Richter got a 19. Um, so remember how you guys were complaining about all my rolls last time? Um, my rolls this time were terrible. <laughs> Samen got a nine and Colbury got a three. As you entered the room, you all immediately dispersed, sensing that something big was about to happen. And it did as Amavi rises up 12 feet tall. Um, this angel with white skin and long flowing hair um, rises up out of this orb of energy here in the middle of the room. Master Samen and Nari go left. Pine goes right. Roos kind of tapers off a little bit to the right. Colbury ducks back um, uh, right around the corner and Richter heads straight up the middle, uh, spread out as you all approach Amavi and it is first Pine with initiative 23. All right, well, Pine totally runs straight to Amavi and takes uh, a couple attacks. I'm look, just a second, let me check out my spell slot situation going on here. Oh, geez. Okay. Uh, Pine will take uh, two attacks with the Tabri Ambassador's Blade, level three. Uh, first is only a 17 to hit. That will hit. Barely, but it hits. Okay, so that's uh, 14 piercing, six cold, five radiant. So that's already 25 damage. And go, what the hey? Unleash with precision, Swordmaster's Fury, just at level one. That's an additional eight damage. So that's 33 damage right there? Yeah, on the first attack. Okay. And then the second attack is a 19 to hit. That'll hit. For 10 piercing, 4 cold, 4 radiant. No commit, no uh, sword master security on that one. A total of 51 damage dealt by Pine. Anything else you'd like to do, Pine? 
Um, just sit here and wait for the inevitable retaliation. Uh, which is happening right now. Uh, Pine, uh, this figure looks over at you, swipes a hand down towards you, but not to hit you, uh, almost just pointing and directing the power of her mind as... We're going to add 11 to this roll. 29, does that hit you? Oh, um, actually, no. I had some godly play to the whale, so now my <laughs> AC is 30. I'm like, wait, what did I miss? What did, what did I miss? What did I miss? All right. Did you uh, dupe that, that? I'd like one, too. <laughs> that is going to be 23 psychic damage. Bam! Okay. Are you sure it's not force or fire damage? This would be 23 psychic damage. Okay. I will, when, upon taking that psychic damage, I will yell out, Roos, remember that your chakram does nothing to her. Yeah, I was going to say that as we were entering the room, but a lot of people were talking. All right. Roos, it is your turn. You are standing kind of on the edge of this depression. It's about 20 feet down. There are four staircases that lead down into it. Yep. Roos is going to jump down the ledge here and run up to kind of in between Richter and uh, Mr. Pine and strike out with his dagger. Okay. For a 22 to hit. That will hit. Dealing 15 radiant and 21 sneak for a total of 36 damage. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's a lot of sneak Gosh. damage. Holy cow. And then he's going to bonus action... I can't, I can't hide, like, right next to her, so I'm just going to bonus action no. disengage and kind of um, get kind of nestled in between, like, this. there's, like, a, a little alcove between the stairwell and where the rest of the floor is raised. He's just going to kind of tuck back in that little corner. Nice. All right, Roos, as you move away, um, a blast of psychic energy comes towards you for 29 to hit. Um, she has disadvantage on attacks against me because my cloak is so fancy. Uh, 14 to hit. <laughs> that will miss. All right. Uh, Roos, that was your turn. It's just, it's almost too fancy for me. <laughs> Richter, it is your turn. Ah, how about you? Um, we're just going to go ahead and make some attacks against this lady. I uh, got a 24 to hit. That will hit. And that will do 13 slashing, 8 fire, and 5 life drinking damage for so 26 damage. 26. And we are going to go ahead and say, You have been judged and found guilty. Swordmaster's justice. And we're going to do a smite on her. Okay. For 33 damage. Beautiful, oh, and I man. think she's supposed to be knocked prone now. Oh, she doesn't get saved, does she? She is just knocked prone. I think so. Um, let's see. Is there a size limit to it or anything? Um, yeah. Yeah, Sabrina. It kind of sucks when you don't get a chance to fight a herald, <laughs> huh? <laughs> Uh, when you hit a creature with your packed weapon, you can expend a warlock spell slot, deal 1d8 force damage to the target, plus another 1d8 per level of the spell slot, and you knock the target prone if it is huge or smaller. Okay, yeah. Uh, she is knocked prone. Cool. Uh, and then I'll take my second attack. With advantage. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 26. Hold on. Let me see if I get a uh, crit. 
No, okay. And then I'm not going to smite on this one. We'll just do a regular regular old damage here. 13 slashing, 3 fire, and 5 life drinker. So another 21 damage. Yeah, 21 damage. Okay. Uh, Amavi is looking very hurt. All right. Richter, your turn is over. And with a legendary action, with disadvantage, there is a swipe coming at you, Richter. <laughs> 13 to hit. <laughs> uh, that does not hit. Okay. Nari, it is your turn. You see Richter and Pine and Roos are all down here in this pit. Saman and Colby are waiting to go, but it is your turn. The dice story this time versus last episode, <laughs> wildly different. <laughs> it wildly the initiative, different, yes. the initiative makes a, such a huge difference. It does. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, though, um, so Nari is going to come around the west side and get down near Amavi, and she is going to hit for 23. That will hit. Come on, come on. 14 damage. Okay. Um, and then coming in again for 25 to hit. That will hit. And that does 16 damage. Okay. And then one last time for 18 to hit. That, oh, and these should have all been with advantage. So, yeah, go ahead and roll this last one with advantage. Oh, okay. she's prone. Oh, yeah, that's right. Cool. Uh, yeah, eight or 19 to hit. So that is going to do 14, 21 damage. Nari. <laughs> As you guys deal 213 damage to Amavi, the Herald of the Mind. What happens as you hit her that third time? I don't mind being the one to take care of you. <laughs> I'll say as I attack her with my axe. Pine just groans. <laughs> you know, Nari, at the School of the Storms, we have a whole class on witty repartee during a fight. Oh, well, you must have uh, skipped that class several times. Oh, okay. Touche. Touche. I felt that. Okay, Pine, you take 2d6 uh, psychic damage. <laughs> but Nari, as you strike Amavi, you see her form become more and more insubstantial as it disappears and falls to the ground like, like mist or like rain. And we are going to cue victory music. That was a totally different fight. That was that was so much easier than the last one. <laughs> yeah, and I was going to say, well, there were two in the other room, but honestly, one of them didn't do anything. Just wasted one of Nari's turns. <laughs> <laughs> so um, behind the screen, um, basically, these heralds that um, had not completed their jobs yet, um, depending on how much time they had to recuperate was how many hit points they had. So um, Avalan was at half hit points to start with. Amavi was almost at full. And Trophos was almost at full as well. But there was a, an area of effect weapon coming your way very next turn. Um, but Nari and the boys have shown once again that they can pack a wallop. Hey, while we're back here behind the screen, what's this page of uh, answers that Mordecai had for questions? Can we, can we read that real quick? <laughs> Um, you guys could have <laughs> at the very top in large letters it says only read this if Mordecai doesn't get murdered right away 
All right. Well, here you guys are in this room. Um, this uh, this orb of energy continues to pulse and um, and glow. Uh, it looks to be um, full of like psychic mental energy. Um, and again, further to the north, there is an orb on an altar on a dais right in front of the golden door. Ooh, I call dibs. I want dibs on the orb. Hey, everybody, let's try it all together this time. All right. <laughs> Did you guys try talking to him through the orb? I was totally thinking, you know, like I said, suck it, suck it, you know. I was all ready to just put it right back in his face. But mm. I don't think it's, it, it seems pretty one way. But what if we all think suck it at the same time? Oh, then it would definitely break that barrier. I just want to picture him in those apple bottom jeans again with the ball gag. and That's the image I'm going to have in my head the entire time I'm touching the orb. Pine looks over at Samen. <laughs> <laughs> How does he feel about that revelation? <laughs> all right, so we all come over to this orb and we touch it. And we think about Colbury in those apple bottom jeans. Not Colbury. Pardon me. Colbury starts to blush. How do you feel? <laughs> That's not what Sam I meant like, to say. Sam is like, do you flirt with everybody <laughs> no, that you meet? My goodness. That was not. That was <laughs> not. <laughs> not canon. Not canon. I meant to say. Ramsey, Ramsey in those apple bottom jeans. Your meal's looking like a meal. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Master Samen, what, yes. what's your, you know, one word opinion on ball gags? <laughs> I, I guess they have one their word, place. One word, I said, one word. <laughs> what about a hyphen? <laughs> Super duper. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. <laughs> oh my gosh! So you all are you all gonna reach out and touch the orb? Is everyone in on this? That's right. Well, think and suck it. Three, two, one, touch. Okay. You all reach suck out. It, and suck, touch it, the- suck it. 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 Sorry, I'm so sorry. I'll, I'll read it, and you guys just say it over and over <laughs> again over the top of me, and we'll see how our listeners like it. <laughs> You guys, um, as you all reach out and touch the orb, um, again, eyes roll back and you instantly can hear a voice in your head. You have bested the heralds again, which is no small feat. A warning. You fiddle with powers that you do not understand. As Bavantis becomes more and more unruly and unpredictable, it spreads tendrils of chaos and entropy out into other planes of existence. The edges of Bavantis are fraying. The disorder is compounding, and the point of contamination to neighboring planes and realms is quickly approaching. Help me save existence. There is no way back to the surface, but you can throw yourselves into Cyrus's fire for the relatively quick death, or Yasaro's water to drown. But please, let what must be, be. And then your hands all snap off of the orb as it stops glowing. He keeps talking like he knows things, but he... We have a way out. He doesn't know everything. It's your shoes! (laughs) Right. Well, and what does he mean by, like, save existence? Like... How how is it possible that Pavantas could unravel all of existence? It makes no sense. I mean, honestly, I've heard stories about way weirder worlds that seem like way more chaotic, right? Like, I would listen to NADPOD. Honestly, <laughs> in the scope of things, Pavantis is pretty chill. 
Honestly, I think the previous message mentioned a lot of the entropy was caused by us. So maybe it's maybe it's us. <laughs> but he's been trying for this forever, no, so I don't know. He's if it... throwing a fit that that chaos is more dominant in the universe or all across the planes than order. He's upset. Well, order takes effort. Chaos is effortless. To maintain some sense of order requires constant vigilance. To build something so much harder than to tear it down. I want to check something. Bruce touches the orb again. Okay. As you touch the orb, you hear, you have bested the heralds again, which is no small feat. A warning. You fiddle with powers you do not understand. As Pavantis okay, becomes more... Okay, end message. Skip, skip, skip. <laughs> next, next. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. I just wanted to make sure that it was a recording. But what I, what I don't understand, again, Pavantis is, is one realm, one plane. Are the lords and ladies part of this same plane, or are they on others? And if so, why would they, if they were worried about Pavantis' contamination to their own planes, fight against Iremil? I, I, I got nothing. He calls this inevitability, but it's not inevitable. It's him imposing his will upon Pavantis. For him... The alternative is unthinkable. If there is to be a grand calamity that would destroy all of Pavantis as we know it, what could be done to fight against that? Indeed, that would be something inevitable. But what he is engaged in has been interventionary. It has been forcing an ending of it, forcing a conclusion. And of course... Of course, creation would fight against that. And so I see us only as agents of Pavantis, agents of creation that are fighting against what he deems to be the inevitable. Unless I'm mistaken. I don't think you are. New party name idea, ready? The Creationators. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> okay, well, so like Nari and, and the Creationators. The creationators. <laughs> <laughs> You're the, obviously the lead singer, Nari. Oh my gosh, oh, it's so like... funny. <laughs> and I'm just here on the cowbell. <laughs> okay, well, something tells me through that giant, ostentatious golden door that we're about to face your meal. The inevitable. <laughs> what, what do you think it says about him by having such a huge golden door? I mean compensating much? <laughs> you know yeah, I've I mean? heard like, what they say about men with huge golden doors. Right? <laughs> that their sword work is very lacking. <laughs> huge golden door, tiny tin key. <laughs> <laughs> a tiny tin key? Is, is he an accountant? A tin. Tin oh, key. Oh, okay. or, maybe, zinc, maybe? <laughs> zinc. <laughs> Let's be clear. He does have a dump truck. <laughs> but, but that man has a dump truck <laughs> oh my gosh alright okay you guys are standing here in this room can I just say that I'm really glad that we just o we overcame the fear of touching these orbs so that we could get a better understanding of what exactly it is we've been fighting against for the past five plus years good on us everyone He's not making a great sales spe speech to uh, win us over to his side. So 
Basically, his speech is, hey, you guys suck. Everything about your world sucks. Just gotta go. Trust me. Help me. Not gonna work, man. Colby starts reaching around in his bag, and he pulls out one last uh, potion of uh, of greater healing. And he says, does anyone need it? I'm gonna look at my inventory, and I might, I might take some potions, too. I'll take one from Colbury and use it right now. Okay, that's the last one. Bruce has one potion left. That's a f- 44 plus 4, right? 16? I have two normal potions of healing. I can keep one. Or I can even give both of them away because I, I still have 15 points of commander's morale. Gigi also has a couple of bottles of healing. Yeah, I have a couple potions too, so I'm doing okay. I'm going to go ahead and use... Uh, the potions then. Actually, no, potions can be bonus action. I'm going to go ahead and use give myself um, 10 points of command of morale, leave five more. There we go. I'm feeling better now. Is there anything written on this door? No, there's not. It's just a very elaborately decorated like um, scroll work and uh, designs, worlds, that kind of thing uh, upon this door. It looks, I mean, looking at it with an appraising eye, it looks to be made of solid gold. Um, I'm also, can I say something really quick about my use of commander's morale? Yes. Just for, just for listeners who are wondering why, when I was bringing people back up, why would I use five instead of just one? And that's because Matt, it's not like a house rule we're using, but Matt personally thinks that it is too powerful to just be able to use one point to bring somebody from unconsciousness out of a pool of 60. So I have made a special rule for myself that I have to use five to bring somebody back from unconsciousness. Just my own personal preference. I think that um, if we have a paladin in our next campaign, we're going to make that a house rule because I like that as well. Yeah, I do too. All right. Well, here we are. What are you guys doing? Do we show United Front? I mean, do you think he's going to want to talk to us? Or do you think he's just going to jump right into swinging those belly swords that he has sticking out of him? Oh, I'm sure he'll want to talk to us. He, He always liked to chat. But I think, what if we all held hands when we walked in there? <laughs> you know, like a real united <laughs> front. That really would show a united front, yes. We could, we could say, Red Rover, Red Rover, send Iramil right over. And if he doesn't break the, our linked arms, I think we win. We, we prove the power of friendship. I mean, the doorway's a little bit small. Colbury, jump on my back. <laughs> Colbury actually says, wasn't there um, a device that you wanted me to use like oh, a oh yes I mean should we get that all squared away as there's well there's two parts right there's there's the crown there's the, the circlet thing you wear and then yes. there's the uh, was it a ball can't remember yes it's like a uh, ball it's like the I pull it out of the haversack yeah I think it's like gift basket size oh jeez oh <laughs> <laughs> the universal measurement of Pavantes you know, it's about the size of a junior not not like the tiny basketballs but like a like a, a youth basketball Oh, I thought you were going to say the size of a junior mint, and I was like, that's tiny. <laughs> no, a tiny died. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. Oh. <laughs> All, All right. right. Here's the crown. Nari, do you want to be like hold on to this ball? I think you probably have the best, um, you know, you're probably the only one who played high school sports. I could palm the heck out of that ball. Didn't, didn't they say that you could control or manipulate the orb with the tiara? So at, with the with the crown, just kind of in game terms, um, Colbury can control it. He has to make saves against the uh, uh, intelligence saves against the um, the orb. Um, but if 
Nari wants to throw it first and get it closer, um, then um, then Kobe will have to make less uh, less saves. Does that make sense? He'll have to he won't have to succeed quite as much in order to get it to um, Iremiel. Yeah, I'm I'm down to chuck it. And and remember, we want to weaken him first. And in game terms, that means he probably has legendary resistances, and this is a one and done. So we don't want him to just be able to say use a legendary resistance and then. I'll, I'll pass it. Yeah, that's why I was saying try to knock him unconscious. Yeah. Or, you know, in game terms, that's me saying, you know, that same, same thing. And then use the Pokeball. All right. I don't think I have anything that really requires saving throws. You could try and charm him. Hmm. <laughs> hey there, hot stuff. How's it going? <laughs> yeah. Um. You, uh, you're looking fit these days? You, you come here often. Colbury says, I have some spells that will deplete him of, of whatever resistance he's got. I too can, I can, I can do something along that front as well. The big thing is big, big hits if we can, right? Do we come out swinging? Yeah, we probably have to. Yeah, I think we do. If he's a villain worth his salt, he'll monologue during the fight anyway. <laughs> Roos is going to... <laughs> bring out his squire duplicate as they're walking into the room. Okay. You open the door. It pushes again with ease. Um, not heavy at all. On the other side of the door, you find this smaller room than the previous ones that you'd been in. You can see that this room is about 50 feet across and 50 feet long. It's a square and around the outside of the room, there are these pillars. And on each of these pillars, you see statues. These statues are flanked by lights that are glowing. You can see actually the, the same colors that we dealt with way back when. Red, orange, yellow, green, light blue, dark blue, purple, and white. And flames that are glowing here in this room. Um, in the center of the room upon this like a uh, decorative tile floor you see an altar no dais this time but just an altar and one sphere sitting on top of it and at the far end of the room you can see that the room has an opening kind of a doorway that opens out and then beyond you see what looks like stone floor and um, it looks like beyond this room is a cave you can see that the cave beyond is bathed in light. You can see like motes of sparkles and will-o'-wisps or, um, or little fireflies fluttering around. And you, you instantly detect that these are not actual bugs. These are motes of power and energy. It's hard to see from this angle, but you can see that in the center of the cave that the floor kind of drops away uh, and be, it goes beyond your view. Um, you see at the far end of this dip in the ground, you can see that there is um, an angel, a massive angel, 18 feet tall with six wings, two on the shoulders, two kind of in the middle of the back and two at the small of the back. You can see this figure is powerful, resplendent. You can see they are missing an arm right below the shoulder. And you can see that the face of this angel on one side is beautiful. On the other side has been peeled back, exposing skull. And you see blood flowing freely from that wound still five years later. 
also sticking out of the chest of this angel, you see the handles of two swords that are a red so dark they are almost black. Instantly recognizable to anyone except for Richter that these are two of the swords of Lord Laramie. The last two swords, the swords that Master Saman is after. There is in this doorway uh, separating this room that you are in from the caves, there is sort of a field of energy, this yellow and gold pulsing powerful barrier that seems to be made purely of magic. Behind the angel, you can see there is this pedestal, this large pedestal, probably about 15 feet in diameter, that rises up, and on top of that pedestal is a glass orb that looks to be full of mist and whipping wind uh, visible inside of that orb. But you can't see the whole cave, uh, but that is what you can see from where you are right now. And the angel Iramil through this hazy um, barrier, this golden magical barrier, you can see the angel looking directly ahead at you as you enter this chamber. Let's see what he has to say from this distance. Quickly. Okay. Uh, who is going to touch the orb? Pine will. I want everyone to make a perception check before you touch the orb. Bruce got a 19 on perception. All right, Nari rolled an 11 on perception. Is that like a two? Nari rolled a natural one, actually. Oh, jeez. Yes, which is an 11. <clears throat> Crushing it. Oh, Richter got a 10. My computer just uh, restarted on me, so I don't have my character sheet up. As Mr. Pine is walking up to touch the, the orb, Roos will pull the ball gag out of his pack and look at Iramil across the way and Kind of shake it at him and wave a little bit. <laughs> That's awesome. And so he's waiting on Pine. Why don't you just roll it on the side and add on like a no, plus four? No, I'm doing it now because I have advantage, so it would be like, oh. yeah. Okay, gotcha. Here we go. Ready? Ten. <laughs> <laughs> for anyone listening, uh, I'm sure this is going to get cleaned up, but we waited for about two minutes for... Matt to restart his computer for his computer to restart <laughs> to roll a 10. Yes. All right. With advantage. <laughs> With advantage. Um, Roos, you're the only one who notices this. As um, Mr. Pine is heading up towards the um, towards the orb, you look up and you see you see a look cross over Aramil's face. And when you hold up the ball gag, um, I can't believe I'm saying this in in the finale, like the, in the last one. When you hold up the ball gag to the angel. Um, anyway, um, you sense irritation, but the the initial look that you saw was one of fear. Roos, you are the only one. A little bit of excitement, one, right? You, you were the only one who clocked it, um, that there was some fear before the irritation. Pine, you're touching the orb? Yes. Pine, you reach up to touch the final orb here in Iramil's lair. You hear a voice in your head. I knew my plea would fall on deaf ears. And now here you are, at the very precipice of the end, my work in full view, and I can only imagine you cannot even begin to fathom the powers at work. All you know is you feel you must stop them. Well, come, stop them if you can. 
I will try to make it quick so I can continue my work to purge the disorder, chaos, entropy, known as Bavantis, from existence. Pine, your hand snaps back from the orb, and that golden barrier instantly disappears. And we are going to roll initiative. As soon as Pine has control of himself again, he'll just yell out really loud, like looking over at Aramila, like, Suck it! <laughs> Bruce got a 12. Nari got a 15. Uh, Richter got a 19. Pine also got a 19. You are all standing back here in this room that's about 50 feet by 50 feet, all spread out a little bit. There is one exit from this room besides the door you entered. It is at the north end of the room and leads out into a cave far, far to the north of you is the angel Iramil. And you can see he is over 100 feet away from, from Roos, who is actually the closest to him. And we are going to start at the top Initiative 20, you guys are not in the cave. There is no Initiative 20 layer action this round. Pine, what are you going to do as this barrier drops? Well, there's a lot of distance to cover and Pine has throwing knives. Pine will say, we need to close that distance fast. And then he's going to go ahead and do a double dash. Just like that old Mario Kart game. Ooh. Ten more feet. So I'm opening up into the room. Okay, as you walk into the cave now with the first half of your movement, you can see that this is a large cave. It's it's 100 feet wide, 100 feet long. In the center is this, it's not just a depression. It is a pit. It is a dark, bottomless pit. It's 45 feet across in any direction. And surrounding this pit, not only is there the orb with the air and the swirling mist uh, at the north end, but at five points around this pit, with the northernmost point being the air, to the left you see green energy flowing into a very similar pedestal. To the right, you see this purple energy crackling with psychic energy. And then down at the south end, you see that there is a a pedestal of fire and a pedestal with water flowing through it. Power is arcing off of these orbs in all directions. Uh, About five feet from each of the orbs, you can see that there is power arcing off of them. You can go ahead and finish your move. I have 25 feet left, and since I am resistant to fire, I'm going to kind of go around the fire one. I'm going to put the fire one between me and um, Iramil right now. Okay. And that is my turn. I have done all my moves. And also, by the way I moved, I can't see any of my allies anymore. And it's (laughs) terrifying. Richter, it is your turn. Richter is going to yell out, The light shows us the way. Speed of the light. And he will use his ability to double his movement speed. For this turn. Okay. Um, so that'll get allow him to move 60 feet. So I'll rush through this room and into the next. So I'm not far from where Pine is. I'm going to go ahead and pull out my dueling pistol. And <laughs> nice. <laughs> make some shots at Iramil. Okay. Uh, 16 to hit. That will miss. Okay. 
Next one is a 22 to hit. That will hit. That'll be five force damage. Okay. And then the last one is a 28 to hit. Okay, that'll hit. For eight force damage. All right. Blood has been spilt. How's he looking? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How's um, he doing? <laughs> he is looking. He's looking powerful. He is looking unearthly. He is looking um, radiant and terrifying. Um, cool. I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's. I think that's it. I'm trying to see if there's anything from a bonus action standpoint that I could do. And I don't think there really is anything right now. So I think we're we're good. Okay. And now at initiative 19, the last of the three initiative 19s, it is the Angel Iramil's turn. And what the Angel Iramil does is you see anyone who can see him from where you're standing, which I think is Bruce and Richter and Pine, and maybe Nari, um, you see him close his eyes. You see Iramil bring up his hand in front of his face and bring it down. And as he does, you see something change in him and you see his body begin to pull apart and widen. Um, and suddenly where once you saw Iramil, now you instead see two Iramils. That is not ideal. You see two Iramils standing in front of you. They are not as tall. They are 13 feet tall instead of the uh, 15 or 20 feet tall like I described Iramil. They are also both missing an arm. They both have uh, six wings, but they seem to be diminished in some way. Each one of these angels now has one of the swords of Lord Laramie sticking out of their chest. You remember years ago that... Iramil, when trapped in that crystal, was able to pull a portion of his presence and cast it out, out of the barrier and into the physical world. Um, And that was Ramsey who you interacted with. It seems now that Iramil either has perfected it or this is something he's always been able to do, but he has now cast his existence into two equal parts. And you see two Iramil's standing in front of you and now they are both going to make their moves on initiative 19. He's got a horror crux. Watch out. (laughs) With 120 feet flying movement one comes rushing towards Pine and one comes rushing towards Richter. That seems excessive. (laughs) Oh man. But the one that came rushing towards me is pretty close to a giant ball of fire. He does not seem worried about it. Pine. An attack is coming your way. Two attacks, actually. We have got... Okay, a 14 will miss. But a 26 will not miss. Oh, okay. You take 22 damage, plus an extra 2 radiant damage. So 24 damage total. Okay. It wasn't great, but okay. Richter, two attacks are coming your way. Uh, 17, will that hit you? No. Okay, but a 27 will. Yes. You will take 22 damage plus 4 radiant damage. So 26 damage total to you, Richter. 
All right. That is the Angel Iramil's turn. That brings us to Nari. Nari, what are you going to do? You're way back at the entrance to the chamber, uh, the actual dressed stone chamber. You're not even in the cave yet. I'm just hanging around. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Nari will definitely head up towards the uh, the actual cave. And I think I think I'm just going to double my movement. Uh, okay. To kind of get up by where Richter and Mr. Pine are, kind of in between those two angels to hopefully draw some attacks. All right. Perfect. Uh, Nari, you are now in the mix. And that brings us to Colbury. Colbury is going to step over to the side just so we can get a clear shot of this angel. And you see a red bead forming on his finger as he points at the angel to the right, the one that has been attacking Richter. And a little bead of energy goes flying past Roos and past Richter and explodes into a powerful blast of fire right behind the angel, avoiding Richter. This angel needs to make a dexterity saving throw, rolled a natural one, and is now going to take 8d6 plus 4 damage. It's going to be 34 fire damage. Nice. All right. That is Colbury's turn. He is also going to step up a little bit further. So now he is by the altar. He's still in that uh, that entrance room, but he's close to the altar with the orb on it. Roos, that is your turn. Bruce is going to move forward 30 feet with him and his um, squire duplicate. And as he's walking up, he's going to cast Refracted Visage. Okay. And now there are... Uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's four Ruses and a squire standing next to each other. <laughs> and he says to... <laughs> he says to uh, Iramil, he says... I can also split myself into multiple versions of me. Come at me. And that will be my turn. It's a bonus action to move um, Squire, so that's all I can do. Good one, Bruce. All right, and that's going to bring us to Master Saman. Master Saman is going to just double move. He is now kind of in the cave, uh, a little bit further back from Roos. He was still way back by the door, entering into the chamber. Um, that is Master Saman's turn. We are now back up to the top of the round, and it is time for a layer action for anyone who has entered the cave, which is everybody except for Colbury. So I'm going to roll a d10 to see what happens. Six. Okay. I need everyone to make a charisma saving throw. Difficulty 18. Oh my gosh. <laughs> charisma? Oh my god. I don't got the riz. I rolled a 17 with a plus 14. What? <laughs> I'm going to have to use a say, superiority die on this because that was not good. Bruce got a 3. Richter got a 25. Okay, so Nari ended up getting just 18. Any Oh, you, you got you got 18. Okay, anyone who saved is going to take 6 psychic damage. And anyone who failed is going to take 17 psychic damage. I thought it was going to be a lot worse than that. As you are watching, you see that the orb that is purple, that's the one that's kind of uh, in the middle and over to the right that 
you now assume must represent the power of Amavi, of the mind. It flares to life really quick and, and just fills this area with a blast of psychic um, energy um, assailing your mind. That was initiative 20 for the layer action. Pine, it is your turn. Pine is bloodied. Oh, gosh. Oh, my yep. gosh. Yep. Uh-huh. Not what you want to hear. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take two attacks with my uh, sword on the leftmost angel. I have an assumption that since they are so evenly split that I'm hoping they share damage. Um, but here we go. First attack is a natural one. Second attack is a natural three. Uh, bonus action. I'm going to go ahead and drink one of my little mini potions. No. <laughs> oh my no. You don't have any more um, any more greater healings? No. And you don't have your plus 10 to a roll? Uh, no, I used that to get a spell slot back. Oh, gotcha. And I rolled a six on my 2d4 plus two. Okay. Pine, your turn is over. Richter, it is your turn. <sighs> oh, wow. Dude, I am so sorry. That's okay. um, We've all been there. Yes, yes, we have. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to. Richter is going to yell out uh, to the angel on the right. Your sins are exposed under the light of the sun, mark of the dawn, and he's going to mark him for judgment. Okay, and we're going to make some attacks against that one. First one is a twenty-four to hit. That will hit. Okay, we are going to do 11 slashing, 7 fire, 4 cursed or judgment damage, and 5 life drinker. So that's 27 damage. Okay. And we will go ahead and yell out, You have been judged and found guilty, Swordmaster's Justice, and smite him for another 30 damage. Oh my gosh. And then I'll make my second attack, which is a 26 to hit. That will hit. Oh, wait, did you did you knock him prone, too, with that smite? I, I did. Yeah, that's true. I'll roll again to see if it's a crit. No, no, no critical. For nine slashing, nine fire, four uh, judgment damage, and five life drinker for 27 damage. All right. This angel on the right appears to be failing, uh, starting to look quite hurt. Uh, feathers falling from their wings uh, and that sort of thing, sort of struggling against the blows dealt by Richter. Is that your whole turn? That's that's it. Um, this angel is going to take an attack. Let's see, it's got three targets, four targets. One, two, three, four. Richter... The attacks are coming your way. Okay, let's do it. Okay, a 22 and a 30. Yeah, that's going to do it. All right. Oh, actually, hold on one sec. Uh, I have a reaction, Armor of the Blazing Dawn. If the target that I have marked for judgment hits me with an attack roll, I can use my reaction to roll a d6. Um, On a four or higher, the attack misses me instead of hitting regardless of its roll. So I'm going to roll this against one of those attacks to see if he misses. And I got a six, so he misses one of those attacks. Oh, nice. Oh, oh my yeah. goodness. Oh. So only one hit. Oh, my gosh. That could save you. That could save your life right here. Yeah. All right. 
That's 20 damage. Plus, oh, a big radiant damage. That's actually 31 damage total. Yes, I'm very glad that uh, oh, man. that we were able to get at least one of those to miss. Oh, okay, here we go. All right. Um, the second angel. Pine, it is coming after you. 25. That'll hit. And at 25. Those will both hit. I don't know that there's any way you can stay standing. I have 52 hit points right now. Okay, there's 20 plus 20. That's 40. 55 damage total. I am down. Okay. Pine goes down. Nari, it is your turn. Nari, you see that this angel that Richter has been fighting seems to be um, taking a lot of damage. The the angel that was uh, confronting Pine seems to be totally unhurt at this point. Rub it in. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> My original thought was to go after the uh, more hurt angel, um, but seeing Mr. Pine go down, Nari's going to take a couple steps over towards that uh, other angel, and I will, as my bonus action, I will give Pine a potion of greater healing. Okay. And that will do 13 HP for him. So... Hopefully that helps a little bit. If I can survive a layer action and legendary reactions, <laughs> maybe. All right. And then Nari's going to take a swing at this uh, unhurt angel. Oh, my God. For a 14 to hit. That will miss. Um. Oh, my God. How about a 17? That will miss. Jeez. Okay. Heck. An 18. Okay. Well, an 18 is not going to hit either. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah. So I am going to... Um, yeah, I'm going to action surge and uh, just keep trying to hit this dude. Um, let's see what I got here. So another 17. So let's use a superiority dice to actually get that to hit. And that rolled way too many. That wasn't supposed to be that. Let's try this again. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a huge roll. Yeah. Uh, so that was a 9. Uh, so 9 plus 7. So 26. That will hit. hit. Yes. Finally. Oh, my gosh. That was bad. Um, and that does 23 damage. Nice. Coming in again for a 24 to hit. That will hit. And that does 13 damage. And one more time, 29 to hit. That'll hit. 24 damage. Nice. And just like that, you've dealt 60 damage to this guy. Nari, anything else you want to do? Uh, no, I think that's all I can do right now. Okay. That brings us to Colbury. Colbury steps around. Five, ten. Let me see if he can see both angels. Nope. He can still only see the one angel. Uh, Colbury is going to blast another fireball past you all. The angel needs to make a dexterity saving throw. Fails it with a natural three. And is going to take 6d8 worth of damage. Or is it 8d6? I always get this. 8d6. 8d6. Bam, bam. That's going to be another 26 fire damage to the angel that Richter has been fighting. Um, 26 plus what I already have is... Math is hard. Okay. Colbury's turn is now over. Roos, it is your turn. Alright. Roos is gonna run over to stand um, next to Mr. Pine. Okay. Both he and his squire duplicate, and he's going to attack 
that um, that angel. Uh, since Squire is within five feet of my target, I get advantage on this attack. Okay. Which didn't make a whole lot of difference. I got <laughs> oh, a 14 no. to hit. I rolled a, a what's it, a two and a three. Um, and that's my turn. Good bonus action to move my dude and my attack. All right. Roos's turn is done. It is now back up to Master Saman, and after Master Saman, it will be a layer action. Master Saman rushes up to stand next to Richter. Um, Richter, as you are standing there, you do not need a uh, perception check to see this. You see a grimace across Master Saman's face as he reaches, and with instead of attacking, he is going to attempt to grapple the sword out of the chest of Iramil's duplicate form thing. Is he wearing the glove? With your perception, Pine, you do not see you're too far away. Richter, you see his face. The first attempt is a definite failure with a natural two. The second attempt is a failure with an eight. And his last attempt, his last attack, is a three. He's rolling like me. As Saman keeps reaching in, <laughs> trying to grab the sword, Iramil keeps batting him away. And you recognize Richter, especially since you're standing right there. Iramil is not trying to hurt Master Saman, or not trying to protect the sword necessarily. He is just trying to keep Master Saman from touching him. Uh, you get the impression that Iramil does not care, literally does not care that there is a sword sticking out of his gut. And that is going to bring us now back to the top and another layer action. Let's see which orb flares to life this time. Earth, I need strength saving throws. Bruce, you have a plus uh, five to this. Well, I always appreciate you. I got a 12 on my strength saving throw. Nine bludgeoning damage. I'm still up. <laughs> Nari got a 24. Bruce got a 15. That's a failure. So nine bludgeoning damage, four bludgeoning damage to you, Nari. Richter, with your failure, you are also taking nine bludgeoning damage. And Master Saman is going to take um, nine bludgeoning damage. Okay, layer action is done. Mr. Pine, you are on your back. You see Roos <sighs> and Roos and Roos and Roos and Roos standing next to you. Okay, Pine will stand up. All right, I'm picturing a moment where Roos is like, how many fingers are we holding up? And there's... <laughs> uh, oh my gosh, that's so funny. There's 10 hands because there's five of us. <laughs> so Pine is going to stand up. He's going to remember that he is a, uh, a sword master. And he's going to, um, for his uh, bonus action, he's going to enter the Wrath of the Star stance level two. And he'll say... What is written in the sky demolishes all. Rather, the star stance level two. Cast that. It's a third level spell. Um, and uh, he's going to go ahead and make some attacks. Now, uh, adding additional cold damage to all of his attacks. I can choose between cold, necrotic, and radiant. And I also learned that uh, any creature of my choice that I can see at the start of its turn within 10 feet of me has its speed reduced by 10 until the start of my next turn. Probably not going to do much here, but that's also an additional effect of this. Okay. Here's my first attack. The 26 to hit. That will hit. Okay. So that is now 13 piercing, 6 cold, 
two radiant, plus an additional seven cold, plus a unleash with precision, Swordmaster's Fury. And I'll do a level two because I need to save one level three in case somebody goes down. So that's an additional 15 radiant on top of that. 43. Okay, so that's the first attack is 43 on this guy. He looks bloodied. All right. And then my next attack is an 18 to hit, which does not hit. That will miss. Okay. All right. That's uh, Pine's turn. That's his bonus action and action. All right. Richter. This angel standing in front of you that Saman was trying to get the sword from. It is your turn. All right, let's let's have at it. Whipping around Kinnig's flaming S-Dock, um, Richter's going to go ahead and make some attacks and see what we can make happen here. Uh, a 20 to hit. That'll hit, yes. All right. So that's 11 slashing, 7 fire, 4 um, judgment damage, and 5 life drinker for a total of 27. And we are going to, once again, say... You have been judged and found guilty. Swordmaster's justice. And with one massive swipe, he's going to smite this guy again for an additional 33 damage. Ooh, nice. Richter, as you hit this um, half of Irumil, what does it look like as you take him down? Um, You know, he, with the nature of that S-stock being a lot of piercing type attacks, he kind of pulls back his stance and then with a very deep and rapid lunge, he plunges the sword in and then there's this burst of energy and power as the uh, the justice smite basically takes course. Um, I would imagine it'd kind of be like a, a brief moment of blinding white light. Okay. As you strike, you see this this half of Iramil um, reel back in pain, and you see surprise on his face as then his form becomes slightly more incorporeal, and it flies back away from your blow and is now hovering over this pit in the middle of the room, just kind of hovering there. Cool. As it moves... Saman is going to take his attack of opportunity to attempt to grab the sword one more time. A 21 as the form flies back over this pit. Saman reaches in quickly, snags the sword handle, and with a pulls that sword out of the gut of Iramil and is now holding in his bare hand one of Lord Laramie's swords. Richter, anything else you want to do? Um, yeah, so one question I wanted to ask you. Um, mm -hmm. When I mark somebody for judgment, when I defeat them, it says if the target dies, I regain some health. Does this count as the target dying? 100%. <gasps> Yay! Okay, I get healed for 17 hit points as a result of that, which is very good because I only had seven or I had only had eight hit points left oh my gosh um, <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and then oh. I will use my I'll use my movement now there is this kind of flame area am I able to get close to the other one you are you can get close yes this flame is I mean it's it's cut up on a pedestal so it's it's less like it's not going to burn you now but there's a chance it will flare to life as a layer action got it well I will 
I will go ahead and move over towards the other angel and make it my last attack at that. Now, I won't get any of the uh, the marked for judgment damage on this because okay. the other guy had been the one that was marked. But we'll go ahead and make an, an attack. Yeah, it's only a 14 to hit. That will miss. Okay. It is now Iramil's turn, and we will see who Iramil goes after. There are actually five choices to go after with Reach. You can hit Pine, Roos, Roos, Duplicate, Richter, or Nari. Who is it going to be? It is going to be Nari. Nari, you've got two attacks coming your way. It's about time you took some damage, Nari, (laughs) because um, it is a 26 and a 24. Two hits against you. Yeah, I'm for sure using my Stone's Endurance and uh, taking a little bit off, but you tell me what I got. Okay. Uh, 15 plus... Four, so 19 damage with the first hit. Okay, so I will take four off of that to get 15. Okay, and the second hit is going to be uh, 17 plus 5, 22 damage with the second swing. Nice, cool. Feeling good. At least somebody is. (laughs) Did I say 17? No, actually, sorry. It is uh, not 22, it's 29 damage. Sorry, with the second hit. Oh, no. I'm just joking. I'm still feeling fine. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, and now, Nari, it is your turn. All right. I am going to swing back at this um, alive angel piece of ear meal. Uh, and that is going to be a 26 to hit for 23 damage. Okay. Coming in again. Oh, my gosh. Um, a 15 to hit. So I'm going to use another superiority die here. First. 16 to hit. That probably still doesn't do that. <laughs> that does not hit, no. All right, let's try that again. Jeez, what is wrong with me? Another 15. I'm going to do one more dice. Let's see what I got. Mama needs a new pair of shoes. 18? That doesn't. No, no. barely misses. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, I think that's it for now. Okay. Colbury is going to step into the cave. Finally, he's going to move up 15 feet. And he is going to, with his last third level spell slot, is going to cast another fireball at this angel. The angel needs to make a dexterity saving throw and fails it again. Um, uh, That's the problem with splitting your body into two, is you don't have your legendary resistances but we are going to do 8d6 worth of damage 6d8 worth of damage <laughs> which one 8d6 worth, worth of damage <laughs> bam bam that is going to do 34 plus 4 damage that is going to be 38 damage to this angel here and this angel is looking rough Roos it is your turn Alright, Roos is going to attack with his with his dagger. Again, he, he has advantage because Squire's right next to him. A 19 to hit. 19 will barely hit, yes. Oh, Alright. So that will deal 14 radiant and 20 precision for 34 damage. Roos, what does it look like as you strike down this angel, this form of Iramil? I so this is the dagger that he got from Lady Jaffa as he's cutting through this radiant dagger this orderly and 
perfect angel starts to disassemble into perfect chaos and bits of him kind of disintegrate and zip off in random directions as a as he completely vanishes from view um his physical form definitely completely vanishes from view as his essence his incorporeal form zips back up over this pit next to the other one that is floating there uh does anybody want to use a reaction to try to grab the sword from this one's chest bruce will try it oh really okay yeah i'll I'll try it too oh my goodness don't touch those they're definitely cursed all right the strength or could i try Uh, uh, just make an attack make an attack beat his ac oh beat his ac okay just beat his ac do I get advantage because, well, 24. Bruce, suddenly in your hand, as this angel zips away from you, you feel this familiar feeling of this handle. It is not the same blade that you carried before, but it feels so right in your hand. As the angel flies back and the sword is left in your hand, suddenly you feel powerful. You feel all of those feelings that you had overcome by cleansing yourself of the blades suddenly comes rushing back in. Classic Bruce. All of those effects <laughs> that you had before have now afflicted you again. Oh man, that's as, not that's not what I as wanted. you stand there. <laughs> what are you holding- expecting? As you stand there holding this blade in your hand, you see the two defeated forms of Iremiel, his lesser forms, his duplicates. They hover over this pit, and then with a flash of light, they disappear as you shield your eyes, and they are replaced once again by Iremiel's floating form over this void in all of his glory now with no swords in his belly but a look of anger on his face and that is where we're going to stop for tonight wait 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 Bruce still has a bonus action if he wanted to send Gigi out my way <laughs> <laughs> you do know have a what? bonus action Go ahead, send Gigi out if that's what you're no, gonna no, do. That's that's what that's it's Bruce's bonus. <laughs> how how hurt are you? Are you like? I have four hit points. Oh, all right, all right. I <laughs> have spell slots, but not a lot. So I Gigi goes out and gives you seven points of healing. All right, that might be enough to help me survive the next layer action. <laughs> oh, no. Bruce will say, uh, and at the end of his turn, he'll say. I made a promise to Laramie that I'd use his sword to end things. Hopefully that will complete my contract with him. Okay. As, as Roos's turn ends and it becomes Saman's turn next, that is where we're going to pick up next time. I just want everyone to make a quick perception check. Nari got a 23. Roos got an 18. Richter got a 20. Mine got a 16. Everybody notices... Saman's eyes narrow as he glances over at Roos. But Richter and Nari, you both recognize the look in Saman's eyes. It is not his own. That is where we're going to stop for tonight. All right, everyone. Thank you for playing. We are here. This is 
the end game. We have Iramil in his final form, question mark? Here, deep it beneath be. the I earth. I only have 11 hit points. <laughs> <laughs> it has been a very close match. Very close calls. People falling left and right. Death saves actually being rolled again. And next time we get together, we'll see how it all plays out. So come join us on Discord. Hang out with us. Chat with us. Uh, check out our Patreon. Help support us and keep us going into campaign two. And until we get together next time, we hope you have, I was going to say an inevitable time, but that sounds ridiculous, but have one anyway. (laughs) Good night. (laughs) (laughs) 